handle the truth. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. We're back! All right, welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon, member of the 1012 Network of Podcasts. I'm Hannah. I'm Rocky. And I'm Megan, and we are Fire the Cannon. All right, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Fire the Cannon. It is game week, ladies. Can you believe it? We made it. We made it. We survived nine months without football. We get Texas football this weekend. Sark has announced a quarterback. So we're going to talk about that. Plus go over the roster, what we're looking at with the roster that's been released. We get to make our picks this weekend and break down what we're looking for in the Louisiana matchup. We have rapid fire questions. Everybody loves those. They're so fun. And then we're going to make our picks like we always do every year. We're going to make some picks against the spread. So that'll be fun. All right, ladies, it's game weekend. What are you looking Woo-hoo! forward to? Love it. Yeah, I mean, football's back. I, football, as in general, is what I'm looking forward to. But it will be nice to to see folks again and to feel a little normal, you know, with the tailgating. Like, obviously, tailgating's my jam. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that, looking forward to seeing everybody and eating all the good food and having the music going. And, you know, day drinking is completely acceptable. So... I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see everyone again. Yeah, just a full stadium, especially with the new addition, the new South End Zone. We finally have a complete kind of bowl again. Uh, it'll be loud. Everybody's going to be excited. And and I cannot wait. I'm excited the- too, Megan, to come tailgate with you on Saturday. Um, I'm excited to be back in our seats, like close with the action. And I'm a little bit, again, worried about full capacity. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I guess it's Yo-ho. time to get- <laughs> No, so it's going to be exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to, like you said, Hannah, seeing the new stadium. It's not complete, but it's almost there, and it's gonna it's gonna be gorgeous. I kind of wish this was a night game so we could see the full, you know, the full experience of the lights and the new setup. But it's gonna be great. It's gonna be loud. We know yeah. that. I wish it was a night game so I won't die of heat exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. kickoff. <laughs> but you know, it is gonna be hot. Ninety six. And sun, no chance of rain. Yeah. And no clouds, which means DKR is going to be like 40 degrees hotter because you're just baking in there. Oh, the poor guys in the field. It's going to be like 120 for them. Crazy. Crazy. Start drinking water now, guys. I know. Hydrate. (laughs) I know. I thought we'd never talk about peeing and hydrating again when Herman left, but here we are. (laughs) Sark. 2.30 opener. 3.30. Sark already said hydration's a concern, so lovely right no. we'll all be at the game i know they, they've in the ticket season ticket packets that went out there was some maps showing all the new things that are happening around the stadium there's going to be a ferris wheel and a zip line and megan tell us about big beertha yeah big beertha has my soul <laughs> singing y'all i'm so excited about this it is like the biggest ass beer trailer with tons and tons of taps i think they said something stupid like 40 taps or something like that. I don't even remember. There's a lot. There's going to be a ton of different beers to drink. And I'm sure they'll have some like seltzers and then a few other options on there. But Big Beertha, like that came as kind of a sneak peek surprise from Bianco. And I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. I like, I might leave my tailgate early to go check that out. (laughs) Like, I love it. I, I don't know how I feel about a Ferris wheel. Like, and zip lining is fantastic, but I don't know. I'm curious to see how all of that plays out. I'm sure UT has already figured out the liability and stuff like that, but. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. they zip line you from one end right to Big Beertha. Like, right? Listen, <laughs> maybe you have to be 21 is, and up to, to get on the zip line. Situation, I will straight up zip line from Bass Concert Hall straight to Big Beertha. My life will be happy. Like I can die happy and I might die happy if I try that. So yeah, like <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I always just think about lines, waiting in lines for all that stuff. No, thank you. I don't want to wait in line. 
I'm a little surprised. Like I love all of these things that are in order, but I'm a little surprised they're launching all of this, you know, all these pieces to bring more people together in a relatively small area, given that we're still in the middle of a pandemic. It, it seemed a little weird with the timing, but you know, I think with the way that Texas government is not regulating a whole heck of a lot. I don't really foresee the University of Texas setting any precedent here. So, you know, mask up, get vaccinated and get drunk, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and come early and wear orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And be loud and stay late. Yeah. <laughs> wear a mask, hook them yeah. <laughs> wear, wear orange, wear a mask, get vaccinated. <laughs> That's the new, that's the new Mac Brown speech. This tagline is getting very long here. (laughs) 2021, y'all. Yeah, listen. We'll we'll all be at the game, so we'll all see each other before the game. It's really exciting. We have a hundred and how many thousand people expected to cram back into DKR. The band will be back. The cheerleaders will be back out on the field. Are they going to send the kids running out for the stampede too? Yep, yep. OMG. The, st- the stampede is a thing again. Uh, they do that an hour and a half before kickoff. So it's full-fledged. Like, they're not really holding back. And Texas has definitely put out what I would consider kind of piddly efforts as far as, like, we're all in this together. You know, like, tweets and messages. We're all in this together. Do your part. Like, I think I think we've all seen from the your most part of social media <laughs> that that's not really going to be a thing. But, yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. It's definitely like, I plan on getting tested, like doing the home tests for COVID every Wednesday, just to make sure like I'm still okay. And I don't want to like show up the next weekend and, you know, contribute to spreading or anything like that. So we'll see. I hate that we still have to think about COVID, but it is what it is. Right. Yeah. I think just be mindful is the important thing. Just be mindful of that, that it's still a, it's still a thing. Yeah. We're still getting really sick. Be mindful, you know, it is exciting. I mean, we've got football back. We've got a new coach. We've got new players. We've got a new roster. We are good to go. It is looking exciting. So Sark talked, finally announced his quarterback. What do y'all think of it? Hudson Card. I'm not surprised. I think a lot of the chatter um, on the message boards and in the media for about a week leading up to the announcement was for, they were all indicating that Hudson Card was likely going to be the starter. So in that aspect, and then just how he's performed uh, during camp. So if that Sark's guy, I, yeah, of course I feel bad for Casey Thompson, but it's what the coach feels is best for the team. What what, what can you do? What can you say? So, yeah, we, we talked about this. We're going to trust Sark. You know, he's the QB whisperer. He's the guy who's put back to back to back to back quarterbacks and, first round NFL draft. <laughs> he knows what he's looking for to make a quarterback successful. He talked about when he announced, you know, Casey's, Casey will play um, depending on the flow of the game, what they need, but that Hudson has earned the right to start. So it sounds like the they're still so close that Hudson's earned the right to start, but he hasn't earned the right to be named the Texas QB1 outright and, and until not needed, right? So he sounds like the competition is still going on. And they asked um, Sark, why did he choose Hudson? And here's what he said. Make it work in your offense. Uh, I mean, Hudson's a very talented young man. He's got great work ethic. Um, He really tries to operate in the way we want to operate in. And um, just as I told Hudson and Casey, it's really not a knock on Casey. Both guys really started to perform very well after that first scrimmage. And, um, you know, it was a tough call, um, but but I think in general, we try to make the best decision for the program at that time. Um, but again, that's why I think Casey's going to play in this game. Um, we'll reevaluate after one game. Neither guy's ever started a game in their career, so we'll look at it after one week. Uh, the, the good part for both those guys is I think we're improving as an offense. Um, I think that we're steadily improving on the offensive line. I think the, the, the incorporating the tight ends into the system has been helpful. Um, the receiver picture starting to clear itself up, uh, and then obviously just the, what we have at running back. So I think all in all, the entire offense has started to kind of elevate its play, and it's made things a little easier on the quarterbacks. Josh Moore says either quarterback can win. They can win with either one. 
Yeah. I freaking hope so, man. Like, <laughs> if we've had a quarterback battle for going on for this long, I would hope that either one of them could win. I'm encouraged. Like, I'm happy that we have a starter. I'm happy that it, he's been named. But I also feel, you know, a little apprehensive in the sense, yes, I trust Sark wholly and completely. I mean, my God, he's got three starters in the NFL right now, right? So, uh, but I am a little apprehensive in the sense that, in my brain at least, you would hope that we would have a clear and upstanding, like, number one QB, no question, undisputed, and obviously we're not at that point. Can I spin that positively? Absolutely. Like, I'm glad that we have dudes that can win no matter what. I'm glad that we have, if God forbid anything happened, we have guys that can step up and we feel comfortable with the level of play from our number one and our number two quarterbacks. But I'm just real tired of quarterback controversies, y'all. Like, I just want us to have a dude on campus, you know? I just, I just want a dude, just one single, like, singular dude that has a great, backup team just in case you know we find ourselves in a in a Colt McCoy Bama situation but God. I don't I don't like the division and strife and the argument and the constant talk about it you know what I mean right it doesn't seem like the team has it as a distraction so I think it's more the fans who are bothered by it, it doesn't seem like Sark is distracted by it or the team is distracted by it That's um, so point. that doesn't as long as they're not it doesn't keep them from moving the ball down the field it doesn't bother me um, I know the uh, they're talking about what to look forward to in this game um, with the offense. Clark was just saying that the offense is really improving. And Joshua Moore said a lot of explosive plays. It seemed he didn't say which quarterback is going to give us that. He said either one can win. So I, I think either one is capable of running Sark's system right now. And Hudson just has a little more of an edge. Maybe he has more of a higher ceiling still because he's so young. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I, I know that you know, reports are coming out. Casey's upset, doesn't love it. But, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, well, he, Casey cleared out his locker room. And I, I can't see that happening. Honestly, I haven't heard anything that would give that any credence. And on top of that, that just doesn't line up with who the little that I know of Casey Thompson, like the interaction, it doesn't line up with his personality, in my opinion. So I, I would be surprised if that was, if that had any validity. Um, but you know, of course, he's got to be bummed that he didn't get it, but hopefully that lights the fire and and they stay both of the guys stay motivated. And, you know, maybe that's part of the scheme with Sark is keep them a little bit on their toes, keep them hungry, keep them fighting for that number one spot. So but you're right, Rocky. I mean, really, in Sark, we trust. Right. Like he's got he's got Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovola and Mac Jones, all his starters in the NFL right now young guys under Sark's program under Sark's direction man and that's just feel good about that yeah and that's not mentioning what he did before he got to Bama right, right. At USC right. his quarterback yeah. lineup at USC which by the way uh he he chose to start Matt Leinert and we talked about this over Matt Castle and they both went to the NFL right yep. they yeah. trusted his development mm-hmm. right so I am comforted too, in the sense that card was recruited by like, I know these aren't Sark's guys, but card was recruited by Sark. So in that sense, like Sark did have his eyes on him. So I wonder if that gave him a little bit of an edge too. Um, Rocky, like you said, maybe Card's ceiling is a little bit higher. We've mentioned that before on the show. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how it goes. We're going to trust him and let's just get out there and kick ass. I don't care what number it is playing quarterback. I just want to win, man. I just want to win. I just really want to win. <laughs> well, you mentioned, it. you mentioned, um, you know, recruiting that sometimes you get players that you recruited and he did recruit him so that he lucked out with that one. And sometimes, sometimes you just have to go out and win with people <laughs> you didn't recruit. Right. And he has this roster that isn't the roster he recruited right to Texas. This is what he said about the roster. From a roster standpoint, we've got a talented team. Um, is it ideally built exactly how I would build it? Maybe not, but that's okay. And that's part of taking over a program and and you try to put all of the pieces on your roster and in your organization in position to be successful. And then you got to recruit and you got to build the roster the way you want it. We talked about he has the QB he went after back in the day. He says this isn't the roster he the way he would have built it. What do you think it's missing for Sark style? 
receivers. <laughs> Speed. Yeah. Speed. And an O-line, a big body fat boy O-line. I, I, I like where our O-line is headed. I like the direction that we're going in, but I don't know that these are the guys that he would have handpicked right up front. Right. There, I mean, there's no question that we don't have talented dudes on the line, but we know under her hand that the offensive line, especially in recruitment, was like lacking. It wasn't as strong as we would have hoped. And we missed out on a lot of dudes that went to Sarkeesian at Alabama. Went um, everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. That was, so, and we've talked about this, the big knock um, was how bad, not, okay, we, there's talent there, but there were big misses. There were big misses of kids that you would think they would have come to Texas and were looking for reasons to play for Texas and didn't want to be part of this offensive line coaching staff. But now you have flood, yeah. right? Big story, Game big changer. difference. Game changer for sure. The thing is, is like he absolutely can do, do a lot and go far with the roster as it is now. It's Here's not like what, we've sucked. It's not like we've sucked at recruiting the last you know couple of years, but it's going to take two to three years to get it to beef up to his liking for sure here's what I like about the O-line experience like they have a lot of years at Texas under their belt we have Christian Jones a junior this is the starting O-line Denzel Okafor senior well Jake Majors is a redshirt freshman but he was there last year um junior Angelau junior Derek Kerstetter senior I'm so glad he's back so that is an experienced O-line yeah it is and you know I think Kerstetter is going to really bring that leadership um, after everything he's been through, you know, he, he has been a vocal leader on the team for a while, but I think especially after his experience last year, that, that gruesome, gruesome injury at K-State, mm -hmm. you know, watching that happen in real time, I didn't know that he'd ever play football again, you know, and to have him back, to have him strong, to have him, I think that's just going to add to his leadership. I think that the team really rallied around him in that moment. I think not just the O-line, but the team completely looks up to him because of his seniority, because of his experiences, because of what he has put in for Texas. I think he can be a really powerful leader on that side. Um, so yeah, I, I do agree. I, I love the experience. Um, I'm excited to see what we've got. Majors really excites me. I think this kid can be big time and he's big, he's strong, he's fast. I do think majors fits more into what Sark would recruit. So I'm, I'm excited to see him there. I'm, you know, obviously we've had some issues with injuries in the past. So hopefully this team gels together. We stay strong and, and then flood can work as magic with who we've got and build from there. B. John Robinson said the offensive line is attacking everything in front of them, everything that they see. Have we ever heard that from the star running back before? No. <laughs> it's been Not in about 20 years. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, girl. That right? is huge praise from Bijan for the O-line. And that that's exciting, especially going up one of the best D-lines in the country for them to be working that hard. If that's yeah. what we see on game day, I will be so ecstatic. Like, yes, I'm going to be excited. And the crowd's going to get into, you know, Bijan's big runs and, and to crazy big plays. But I will tell you, I will lose my absolute fucking mind if we see an O-line that is every single play attacking, protecting, getting after it, and not reacting to things. Mm. I want to see that proactive O-line that's going out and having their way, and people are scared of them instead of defenses being able to go, ah, we don't got to worry about it. We can get to the quarterback and still protect everybody, right? So I, I will be beyond excited beyond ecstatic if that is if that really comes to fruition so all the things crossed man play hard you know just go hard commit all right uh, still with the offense what else are you seeing on the depth chart I liked Xavier Worthy getting that starting spot um he's across with Jordan Whittington uh Joshua Moore as the wide receivers that's pretty exciting a freshman coming in and taking that spot I love yeah. it yeah I, I was real excited to see Xavier. I honestly, you know, and I've, I've talked about this before. We've talked about it before. I think he has the potential to be a game-changing playmaker. I really do. Oh, yeah. Even young, even, even where he's at, he's got the speed. He seems to really get it. Things are clicking for him. So we've heard, you know, throughout practice, throughout scrimmages, there've been a lot of positive reports from coaches and players alike. So I'm excited to see 
what he brings, how he reacts to that game day experience when you're in front of 105,000 people and a crazy crowd. I'm, I'm excited to see how he performs. Do you have some concerns with depth, right? Like there, you know, there are concerns there. Going into the off season, we felt that we were comfortable at wide receiver. And now I feel like that's probably our shakiest spot right now, as far as depth goes and, and as far as reliability. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think that was good to see uh, X stepping up. And again, I think that also breathes some life into this roster. You know, of course you want your guys that are returning, but our young studs are going to come in and make an impact immediately. And I got to say it with where we've been with recruiting before, I think that's really important that we have these young guys come in and have immediate impact and have immediate playing time because that speaks to our recruiting moving on, right? Like you come to Texas, you're going to play. You come to Texas, you can make the change immediately. I think that's that's important for us. We, we haven't necessarily been able to say that recently. All right. What did you see on defense that really stood out to you with the roster depth chart that was released yesterday? Luke Brockermeyer, middle linebacker. Exactly. That's, that's what I was going to say. He How done was- did it, y'all. He done did it. He done did it. There you go. You got to be proud. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. proud. That's and awesome. A, and ahead of Jalen Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anything else like really jumped out at me. It's like, woo. Um, oh, this, this line is so sick. I am so excited. Jobs. Yeah, the line is going to be lights out. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, I did, I was, I'm excited to see Schooler uh, playing that safety and and really getting in there and hopefully making the impact. He's quick, got a good football mind. I mean, of course, you know, Overshone and Jameson, I think are going to put on a show for us every game. I'm excited to see those two just compete for, for touches and takeaways. And, and that's going to be fun. Like you got to love the personalities coming off of both of them. Um, were there any surprises for y'all looking at this roster, offense or defense? Was there anything that caught y'all off guard? One thing that stood out to me, not surprised, but I was like, oh yeah, that's how it is. Our starting DBs are all seniors. Yeah. All seniors. That's they they should be in a position to ball out. Overshone, Jameson, BJ Foster, Brendan Schooler, like super seniors. <laughs> Josh Thompson, Anthony Cook, all seniors. That is just insane i know with the extra covid year they get to you know play more but wow that's an experienced group big men back there those are grown men back there it's funny for for the longest time or not for the longest time but for the last few years we've had some questionable things and in the db room uh maybe not as stacked as we would hope but like i i hesitate to like just pronounce dbu being a thing again Oh, I no, I hesitate. can't do it yet. Yeah. I hesitate. Yeah. But, but there's that, like, it's kind of in the back of your mind. Ooh, ooh, we could, we could be, we could ball out. We could ball out in the secondary this year. We could, all the pieces are in the place. So cross your fingers, ladies buckle up. Yeah, definitely. I, I I'm interested to see how it plays out between BJ Foster and Chris Adamora. I was a little surprised there. I love Foster. Don't get me wrong but he's been inconsistent and, and I'm hoping that he stepped up and obviously coaches see a lot that we don't. Um, I think Foster again is one of those players that when he is on, he's a game changer. There's zero question. I just, I'm curious to see how he's progressed now that he is the senior with his consistency. Can he be there for those big plays every time? Can he not give up the big plays? Right. I mean, I think that's where Foster always gives me that kind of like, excitement but also anxiety like you're mm-hmm. gonna see some badass thing come out of he's him, gonna going, oh god oh god huge eye roll right so yeah. i thought that was interesting to see that play out between foster and adamora with foster winning it um i still feel that adamora is probably going to get a good amount of touches and a good amount of playing time in all the games mm-hmm. too so i i that's to me that's a matchup that i want to watch how that progresses throughout the season um, and see what Foster really does and how he takes off and how he handles that yeah. consistently. Yeah. I think another thing I liked, liked off the defensive depth chart is all the linebacker transfers that are in the two deep. So Ben Davis, Ovi, I don't know how to say his name, Oguofo. 
um, Devin Richardson. Yeah, like Ray Thornton, like the guys who came from big programs, they already are in the two deep. So he tells you those transfers were huge for um, letting the guys underneath them get some time to develop. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for those linebackers that transferred in. We need them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Again, I mean, we've, we've talked about this pre- briefly before, so I, I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I agree. I think linebacker went from a position that we were all going, God, what are we going to do? We don't have any depth. This is a big liability to us going, geez, we are deep as hell. Like, I ain't worried about it. We solid. So I agree, Rocky. I, I think it's great that we've got those transfers in. We've got the talent. And I think it's enough that we can rotate anybody out, keep everyone fresh, and still not drop off on ability or their skill. I think that's- which I think we're going to need because the the defense more than once we can just go ahead and like lock it up. They're going to have to carry this team more than more than once this season. We're going to get in a situation on offense where it's going to be funky and they can't they can't get going. They're kind of struggling, and the defense is going to have to step up and possibly win the game for us. Yeah, I mean. I'm not worried about the D though. No, no, I'm not either. I'm just saying, thank God. Yeah. Well, like you said, Hannah, we're going to count on that defense. Fortunately, they are deep. And I have a feeling like we'll go ahead and transition to um, Louisiana, talking about Louisiana. I have a feeling that's depth is what's going to make the difference this weekend. Louisiana, we'll go ahead and get into it. They come to Austin this Saturday at 3.30, right? They are returning almost everybody. 20 of 22 starters on a 10 win team. Like they're, they're no joke that, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, coach Sark said they've got their attention, right? So they're, they're well coached. Their only loss last year was to coastal Carolina who was coming in as also a top 22 team. And even the year before they had 10 wins. So what, what are your thoughts? The Louisiana team coming in the raging Cajuns coming in a DKR this Saturday. You know, I, I have I have a pretty good amount of Tom Herman Maryland PTSD. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, and so yeah, walking and into Cal. the first oh, oh gosh, yeah, even before then, just the first game of the year, just you're so excited and you just uh, and then a bomb drops. Um, but I think a lot of that was I don't think anybody expected us to lose to Maryland, especially twice in a row. Uh, Louisiana is coming in. We know they're formidable. We know they're coached up well. We know they're loaded. So hopefully that will, at least for the fans' sake, like prepare. Because it could be one of those scenarios that we get started off like maybe slowly. Like it takes us a while to get going and just to not like keep our heads in the game, keep keep focused and just know that this is, at the end of the day, a, a losable game. I don't think that that, and I don't know that that necessarily spells out doom and gloom for the rest of the season if we were to. And I for sure hope we don't. Um, but this is going to be, like you said, no, no easy coin toss. Or Oh, no, this is going oh. to be, at, I would say, at least for two and a half, three quarters. Um, it's going to be a brawl. Yeah. And I think it's going to be our depth that helps us uh, pull this one out. You know, the spread opened at 16 plus. Now it's down to a one possession game Vegas has it as a one possession game with Texas favored still yeah and that's I mean there's something people know that they're voting they're picking against Texas all right so Vegas has it went from 16 down to eight right so there's they're hearing something or seeing something that has people putting all the money on Louisiana side is it the new coach is it the QB pick like what is it that has I don't know I'm like looking at the QB matchups Levi Lewis, this third-year starter, averaging 220 yards a game passing. He does run a bit, but you know the one that I noticed didn't work, even though they won Iowa State? He had negative yards attempting against Iowa State. And I would put our D-line closer to Iowa State's D-line than the rest anybody else they played. So I think our between with our linebackers and D-line, we'll be able to control, contain, contain <laughs> Levi Lewis enough pressure him enough thoughts yeah I mean look I know everybody yelled at me for this but Louisiana is a solid team man I I they they are a threat and I it makes me cringe every time I see you know talking heads or folks online saying oh Louis we're gonna blow Louisiana out by three touchdowns it's gonna be the hell no oh no 
there is a reason that we are ranked 21 and 23. There is a reason we are close to each other. And Rocky, to your point, I mean, they used to fuck around, right? Like the money shifting, look, call this superstition or whatever, but I do think watching Hurricane Ida come through the struggles that they're going, that is going to give an extra boost to a team, right? This is, you're going to see that Saints Super Bowl effect. <laughs> Everybody oh, coming no. through and have that extra motivation and, and really be there. Of course, you know, I think the fans are going to be supportive of the team and really looking, you know, to, to give them the round of applause, everything. But I do wonder if that's playing a little bit into this with that extra motivator of, you know, playing for the people back home that just went through a pretty awful natural disaster. Um, yeah, I, this is not a gimme game. This is, this is not a gimme game to me, Louisiana, where they sit is a bigger threat for us than Maryland was both times we played them where they started in the season. And we know how that now, again, I'm not trying to bring back the Herman Juju or anything. I already like did. That. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. But, but, this is not a gimme game. And, and again, I got yelled at it, but I, I picked Texas to lose this a few weeks ago. So, um, you know, I, it is a winnable game. We have the talent, but the motivation is there for Louisiana. They got something to prove. They got their hometowns to play for, man, this is going to be a dogfight, No question. Yeah. I think logically it's, it's, it's really hard to kind of wrap your brain around and come up with a prediction because they, we don't know. We have not seen a single snap of Steve Sarkeesian football for Texas. Not yet. Not against somebody else, you know? Yeah. Rocky, you, you said stuff in the past. You said, uh, you know, I know the talent's there, but until Texas, you said this last week, until Texas shows they can win and until you prove it to me, I'm not going to pick it, right? So, and, and I think this first game kind of plays into that. Do I believe in Coach Sark and staff? Absolutely. Do I think we have an incredible talent that can hang with anybody in the nation? Absolutely. But until this team and until these coaches can actually come together and produce, I'm not going to count on it. I'm not going to say with any certainty, yeah, it's going to happen. So I, I got to say, man, I'm sticking with my prediction. I, I think Louisiana pulls this one out. Oh, God, shoot me now. <laughs> God, just the, the, the fallout of that. Oh, we I can't. all be miserable. I, you know, let, me I'll, let me follow it up with a little bit of positivity before you guys completely shit on me. I'm if, not sure. If Texas, if Texas loses this first game, I think Texas rolls the rest of the season. I really believe that. I think it serves as a motivator. That's fair. I, I don't, I think that this, this game will set the tone of what the off season was about. You know, like I just, if the coat with the coaching staff, it's one thing to have two rosters that are like caliber rosters and then the coaches make the difference. Uh, if you have two rosters where the caliber of player, the recruit level of player is just apples and oranges. Like Texas is a higher level of across the board of talent and the coaching staff should be a higher caliber coaching staff across the board, every position coach and you lose at home it's to a good team, not a great team, that would set, to me, that's going to set the tone for the year. And I don't know. I just, I don't oh. see, I, to me, they need, even if it's a dog fight, a one-point win, they got to get out of there one and oh. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, Megan, I see your point. I understand. I don't like it, but, but it's reality. I'll say this. I predicted us to go nine and three this year. I would be, I would be fine if our three losses were Oklahoma, Iowa State, and to, for the third team, probably Louisiana. They're ranked, they're good, they've proven themselves, and it's the first game of the year. It's easier to recover overall if you just go ahead and get it out of the way early. That's my thought too. That's my yeah. thought too. It's something we can bounce back from. But look. Don't anybody get it twisted that I'm advocating for a loss here. Like right, I will be yeah. just as, if not more so pissed than anybody out there, if that is the case. But I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Hannah. I think if we suffer that setback at the first loss, like it is easy to recover from that early. People tend to forget if we roll the rest of the season and we beat OU and we beat Iowa State at Iowa State, nobody's going to give a shit about losing the first game of the season, right? Yeah. 
That, that was, was, was favored by two touchdowns at home when this opened. To think losing to Louisiana in any way is going to set some great momentum, I just don't see it. Like, I just I, don't, I don't see it, it. I don't think it sets momentum. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that serves as a wake-up call. Like, I, I still worry that we have a bit of this weird Texas mentality that we saw players get comfortable in the past, right? Like, I don't think that's what Sark is bringing in, but we do have some guys that went through that program and, and kind of came in with that mentality of because I'm in burn orange, like things will just work out. Yeah. And that's just not how it's been. I'm, and again, I'm not implying the guys aren't working hard. I'm not implying that that's not the case. I just, you've got to factor in this, the unknown of a team that is coming off of a natural disaster and, and tragedy, like that's a huge motivator. And as it sits, Texas hasn't proven that they know how to win yet. Louisiana has with, with, a similar roster from last year. They did well last year for, for where they're at. They have talent. Are they as talented as Texas? No, but you throw in that unknown of playing for your hometown that just got ripped up by a hurricane, man. I, I don't know. There's a lot, lot of, of their brains and minds and hearts could be all over the place and they could be That's unfocused fair. and a mess. Like we That's just fair. don't know how they're right. going to respond. You know, listen, I want to watch Texas come out and just run shop and go up by three touchdowns in the first, you know, freaking which is quarter. possible. I'd love that. I'd love that. I, 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 again, I'm not advocating for a close game or for a loss or anything like that. I just, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's Longhorn fan PTSD. You know, it's just, <laughs> Jesus well, God. Like I was saying things. earlier, I have a feeling it is going to be ugly for a while, but it's our depth that will pull us away. And we may still be unsure of the outcome in the third quarter, but I have a feeling our depth at O-line, our depth at D-line, our, especially our depth at D-line, our depth now at linebacker. I think the leadership and senior players at DB, I think that will make the difference um, in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, I have a feeling it will be ugly, but we will pull away. And my score prediction is 41-27 Texas. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right. But like that's, that's, that's beefy. <laughs> yeah. So you think we're close and then pull away in the fourth quarter? I would say it's 28, 27 and after the third quarter. And then we pull away 41, yeah. just enough. 41, 27, Texas covers the eight. I like it. I like it. Hannah, what's your call? I'm going to go 17 to 24, Texas. So 24, 17. All right. Yeah. I'm going to say 21, 24. And uh, I'm I'm gonna leave it. I'm I'm. You know what? I'm not even gonna say who I think. Question mark. <laughs> no, you gotta pick a winner. We gotta pick a winner. All right. Fuck it. Again, just to be the contrarian here, and to be the one that you, I will ha- be happy for y'all to yell at me next week. I'm gonna say Louisiana takes it 24 or 21. Gird your loins, ladies. Gird your loins. Megan picks OU to win the national championship, and then she picks <laughs> Texas to lose at home in the opener <laughs> yeah. to Louisiana. All right. Fancy boots. I'm making all the friends here, aren't I? Making yep. all the friends. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's uh let's move on. We have, we still have a lot to get to. Um, so everybody loves when we do our rapid fire questions because we get to just think quick and have fun and give our first shot opinions on stuff. Um, so you you ladies ready for some rapid fire? Bring it. All right, here we go. Rapid fire number one, Trent Dilfer. Did you see the video of him pushing on this kid? Uh, one of the kids he's coaching on the high school sideline, the video is all over Twitter. Thoughts on a high school coach in 2021 putting his hands on a player? Rapid fire, it's a bad look no matter what. I would like more context because the kid did seem to be fighting back a little bit. I don't know the context of it, but quick answer, it's a bad look for 2021, man. It is a bad look for 2021, which might, I, again, like you said, no context, but at the same time, this is football. Not saying it's excusable, but maybe people are like reacting without knowing. And that's also a very 2021 thing. And maybe we need to like take a step back and just consider that this is football. We don't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much I need to know for a coach, a grown man who's supposed to be setting the example for behavior and sportsmanship to go and lash out with any physical behavior at a child, he's the one who should be setting the example. Um, 
I do know this is people are like, that's ah, football. Well, you know what? I played rugby and I played rugby coach with men and we don't put our hands on another player to, 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 to coach them. And yeah. rugby is just as physical or more physical than football. So no, you do not have to put your hands on another person to educate them and coach them. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I didn't get it 30 years ago. I don't get it today. So no, if that was my, oh man, if I would jump out of the stands if some coach put their hands on my child. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised we didn't see a follow-up with a like a parent coming out and like whooping some ass, but. Ugh. All right. Last night we saw Longhorn Networks part one of 05, the year of the national championship. Did you watch it? I watched it. What'd you, what'd you think? I watched the first 10 minutes and fell asleep because it was like midnight. <laughs> oh. And that was the first time that I like, by the time I could figure out how to log into Longhorn Network, <laughs> then I fell asleep. <laughs> I watched it. Richard and I watched it together. Megan, did you get to see I it? I will watch it. So yeah, I'll let I, you know after I watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get to see the first part, but I fully plan on binging it like I do my Netflix and just sitting down and watching it like a feature film. <laughs> well, part two is yeah. tonight. Part two yep. is tonight. Part three is tomorrow. So you can, you, I'm sure they'll show part one right before part two again tonight what was, your, what was your favorite part spoil it for us what happened okay i watched it all it was started off with a hate fest of all of es the people espn that they just rag on texas or whatever entitled blah 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 um it reminded me that i can't stand kirk bowles kirk bowles <laughs> because why is he on here when he didn't even vote by for heisman we'll never forgive that and then of course it reminded me that why i can't stand aaron Rodgers, who was just all over the media insulting mac brown you know for you know trying to advocate for themselves to be in the Rose Bowl the Michigan year when Cal didn't go um, but it also did remind me how much I love Steve McNair um, and how he was a mentor to VY and it just reminded me about you know because VY we just talked earlier about Casey Thompson you know maybe would he transfer you know VY had that issue too where he said he got in the car started driving back to Houston he was going to quit the team and it was Steve McNair that he was on the phone with saying, no, get back to Texas. You go apologize. You put in that work. And, you know, it, it just, he helped shape VY as a, you know, as a father figure, he called him pops, but VY was also drafted. Well, being recruited by a lot of schools. He wanted to go to Florida state, Florida state wanted him as a receiver or something. He's like, well, not going mm -hmm. to Florida state, but he wanted to go where whoever made him a quarterback and McNair had the same thing. Like he was being recruited as you know other positions but he wanted to play quarterback so instead of going to his dream school florida he went to alcorn state because they would let him play as a quarterback so there was just so many parallels between mcnair and vy and i just loved it that so that's one of the storylines that they followed it's, it's not really the whole team yet it's the whole team talking about vy right so that right. that's where we are but it was interesting it was being his mentor and then how heartbreaking it was we know steve mcnair was yeah. murdered by one of his mistresses that was terrible yeah. um yeah uh, all right moving on so part two tonight ladies watch it part three tomorrow gonna binge, it. gonna binge it like crazy okay we just talked about hurricane ida right disaster is crazy the videos we saw of the wind damage and the storm and the floods it's awful but i wanted to know what's the wildest weather you've ever experienced like yourself <laughs> I've got a couple. I mean, this hailstorm yeah. that came through up in uh, up in <laughs> April, I guess it was that tore all February. my up. Yeah, I mean that was that. In that sense, it was the craziest because um, I mean I've never seen hail like that in Texas, where every single piece of hail that came down was golf ball to baseball size and oh just my like God. Up like it did. Um, but as far as like really like life threatening stuff. I don't know that I've really been in, a, I've been in crazy downpours. I was at BYU, you know, when, when that flood came, uh. Uh, you know, I've, I've been through a few floods and things like that, but I, I can't say I've really personally firsthand experienced, you know, other than the tornado, the Gerald tornado that was close by, but we weren't part of it. So yeah, pretty lucky in that sense. Um, of course, you know, being from the part of Texas I'm from, we are, pretty familiar with tornadoes. And so besides that, you know, I've never been in like life threatening situations, thank goodness. But yeah, um, non-tornado, there was a windstorm and it was literally just wind. 
about two and a half years ago uh, in Amarillo, that was literally like, it, it, it was basically tornadic speed winds without tornadoes. Yeah. Now, yeah, now they were blowing over semis on the, on, on the highway. Like just, I'll post a GIF, I've got a video of it. Uh, I'll post it on Twitter as a follow-up to this so people can see. But um, as far as just whack weather, that has to be it. I've been in a couple of tornadoes. and I was in high school, we had to go into the 7-Eleven walking home. And this is before we had cell phones. We, the people had no, our parents had no idea, like, along the way from school. But this was in North Austin. A tornado came through and had to go hide in the 7-Eleven. And then a few years later, when I was working at a building, I could, the one in Northwest Austin, I could see it from... Um, from the building, but the worst was in Norman, Oklahoma, when we, when my rugby team was there playing rugby, and we had to put get the mattresses from that nasty ass Norman, Oklahoma hotel, and cover ourselves in the bathtubs at a hotel that Friday night because a tornado came through Norman. And I don't remember what year this was, maybe ten or twelve. No, it was more than that because I don't know, fifteen years ago, something like that. Thought I was going to die in Norman, Oklahoma. That would have been the worst. The worst. The, the worst. worst. All right, <laughs> moving on. Did you see the cop who looks just like Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Yes, uncanny. It's crazy. It's crazy. What celebrity do people say you look like? <laughs> oh, before I got fat, it was uh, Reese Witherspoon. Oh so, like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I got that a lot. You do like her fear, like when she was in fear, and when I was like in high school. Uh-huh. At the same time, there's a lot of comparisons, but now I'm chubby. So whatever. Oh, no, no. you're still adorable. <laughs> Hannah, do you ever get any? Um, not often. A probably 15 years ago, there was a girl that I worked with that said I looked like a brunette, um, Anna Ferris. And I, I don't see that one. I still don't see it. I'm like, what? I can see it. Oh, you yeah, know, I can see that. I yeah. But I mean, I mean, I love her. She's hilarious. So I'll take She's that adorable. as a compliment. Yeah. So that's, that's really the extent of it. Rocky, yeah. you. I don't have anybody. I, everyone always just tells me I look just like their cousin or just like somebody <laughs> they used to work with or just right? like, yeah, but not ever a celebrity. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe their cousin is a celebrity. I don't know. All right. Okay. Moving on. Maybe you're um, the celebrity I was going to ask you, what's like. a better fit? Cam Newton at New England or Jameis Winston at New Orleans for getting their new starts. But Cam oh, got cut today. But that doesn't matter. Garrett Gilbert, Deontay Foreman, and Shane Bouchelle. Aww. Hopefully they find spots. But Jameis Winston getting another shot at New Orleans. Thoughts? I like it. I, I think he fits. I, I think He's, a, I, I like his style and I think Peyton will use, use him to his maximum ability. So I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Hannah? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't not root for the guy. Like good for him. Hope, I hope it works out. So Kansas released alternate uniforms. Oh my awesome God. Turquoise hideous. with this beautiful, bright blue. I love them. Thoughts? It depends on the lighting. Hannah, I heard you say, oh, they're shitty. And Rocky jumps in. When I first saw them in like the darker lighting, I was like, those are fucking sharp. I really like them. And then I saw them where they like pumped up the color and deeply saturated the Tiffany blue. Image. Like, whoa. And they, yeah. When they oversaturated the image, I was like, oh, that's a bit much. So in person where it's not like neon blue pants, I think that baby blue and the royal blue look really nice together. I like it on that, but I need to see it on TV before I make it. Agree. Yeah, I think so for sure. It's just kind of jarring a little bit because we haven't seen that look on Kansas and they're Kansas. So it's like well, something to like something to give them a spark. Whatever sparks them. Can't <laughs> hate a team for needing some spark. So right. All right. Moving on. On EA Sports, you can play Campus Legends video game. I know you guys are just up all night playing college football on your PS5s or whatever. But you can play with QB Vince Young, uh, running backs Earl Campbell, Priest Holmes, Ricky Williams, wide receiver Roy Williams, tight end Jermichael Finley. And you have your linebackers, Derek Johnson, Brian Arakpo, safeties Diggs, and Earl Thomas. That is a killer lineup from the best of Texas. Who's missing? Who should be on that list? Jamal Charles missing for sure. I would even put Shipley missing as as a wide receiver option. I'd agree. He just didn't have a huge NFL career. And like looking back at all the guys that they have lined up, they made a splash in the NFL, at least. Right, right. I I almost said a rack, but I was like, she already said a rack, and I'm actually, I brought it up to look at. I'm like, I bet. 
I'm surprised you didn't say Applewhite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, DJ. I mean, I think DJ could be on there. Derek Johnson. D- Derek Johnson is on there. Oh, is he? See? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I see. Like I about some of those. Okay, so like big, uh, big Mike Williams. You remember he was drafted number three in the 2002 NFL draft. He was like hoss, hoss. So some of those big dudes up front that don't get a lot of love, like he, he could have easily gone in there. Okay, moving on. Casey Humphreys, you know. People like that. Recruiting picked up. Bo Davis, D-line coach. He's got the 19th and 20th commitments, which puts Texas at number six this week, today. Jamon Tapp, four-star D-end out of Louisiana, and Jure Bledsoe, they both committed yesterday. Both of these kids, I say kids, both these guys had offers from Bama, A&M, Georgia, Florida, like all the SEC schools. Do you think... The announcement of SEC uh, Texas going to the SEC contributed. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even have to think. I was shaking my head. Yes, I was thinking it before you even got the question out. Absolutely no question. These are two monster pickups in a very short amount of time. Like I gotta say, today was a good day. But yeah, yeah it, it definitely. Yeah, I, I mean SEC. I I don't see Texas getting both of those guys. Certainly not that quickly uh, without that announcement. Yeah, I think. The, the fact that we played in a quote lesser conference this whole time, like has been like kind of a thorn in our side because, you know, guys still look at us all the time, but it was kind of that factor. And then hopefully we'll just continue to see these type results from here on out because we're in, we're now in the SEC. Like, All right. Well, Bo Davis is doing work. Six DL commitments. Five of them are four stars. Insane. Insane. Whatever the fuck he wants. Pay him. Yes. <laughs> Pay him. Give right. him all the money. All right. Sark's number nine. Sark says, um, you know, when your grandma, she makes the best cookies. This is at his press conference. Grandma always makes the best cookies so you don't mess with the recipe. I didn't have a grandma that baked cookies. So did your grandma bake cookies? My grandma baked. She was incredible. But cookies weren't like her forte. She made this awesome rhubarb pie, like strawberry rhubarb pie that I would kill for to this day. Yeah. But not cookies. (laughs) So both of them, I come from a long line of like fantastic cooks and bakers, especially my mother. My mother bakes cookies from scratch, doesn't look at a recipe, just makes them. And they're like, all the kids from around the neighborhood used to like almost smell our oven and just kind of like mm. approach like a pack of dogs. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they knew they, they knew when there were cookies being baked um, and she loved doing it. Uh, my grandmother was more of like a, a candy maker. So she would pull taffy and make divinity and, 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 and like, um, peanut patties and stuff like that so there was always stuff to eat <laughs> oh that sounds amazing my grandma yeah. made homemade tortillas we did not have cookies mm. all right um right number 10 rapid oh, fire but we're gonna Ooh. take a minute and talk about this one as a proud graduate of bishop sycamore i was really upset that my school was being run through the trash <laughs> Oh, crazy. I think you're Mine, one I have a degree on the graduate. wall right now from Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> you must be their one and only graduate. <laughs> so ESPN played the game with IMG and Bishop Sycamore. And it turns out, Hannah, there ain't no Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> it ain't real. Literally, I could go print off my own like diploma from there that's basically what it was they went to class one time they've been to class once and it was at a library (laughs) library for another school their addresses the addresses because they've changed addresses was once like this literal residential house on a residential street and then it's the library that they use the one time for classes it's not real their their website is org not edu and it's from like blogger or blog space there's it's not real and it's really sad like as fun as funny as it is like these kids were sold a bunch of lies and these are like probably some of the most vulnerable kids in society that got roped into this this program and got there and they're sleeping on the floor in some like destitute hotel they literally have to go to walmart and steal groceries because they're not being fed they're having to share helmets spray painted helmets they have they don't have road uniforms or, or home there's just one uniform they're playing both ways it is um it is nuts it is nuts that first of all that it went on this long and second of all that espn how did ESPN get duped by this person? That's the thing that I don't understand about all of this is like, 
how the F did they, like, this wasn't even faked well, right? Like, your address is changing constantly. <laughs> you have people that are- They didn't even play with the roster that they submitted. Right. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand how ESPN is just like, yeah, sure, fuck it, we'll put it on. You know what I mean? Like, is yeah. there not just the least bit of like, oh, where do we show up? Where do we look? I, I don't know, man. I This whole thing seems crazy to me. And this seems like ripe for a 30 for 30, but we all know good and damn well, ESPN ain't going to dog on themselves like that. <laughs> They're saying, ESPN is saying that it's like a third party. Paragon or something, Paragon. Yeah, yeah. That, that really should have scouted them out and vetted them that didn't. But still, it, it has to land on ESPN at least a little bit, like at it's least good. a little bit. Well, they were playing with like 30 year old men who have who right. played in junior college years ago. Ass man. Look, I know high school. Getting whipped kids. around by IMG. Yeah, and they still lost 58 to nothing. It's crazy. I get like that. I know high school kids look different now than they did 20 years ago, but straight up, those are grown ass 40 year old men out on the field. Like, how do you not go? Something is amiss. Oh, and then on top of that, the coach has like, like warrants for his arrest and stuff like for previous allegations that he had with his other scam thing the the christians of faith in, institute yeah, I, whatever that is yeah that, that's less concerning i don't expect any news outlet or or you know network to do a full background check on every single person like you shouldn't have to right yeah you shouldn't have to like people can fuck up and still be good people I, i'm i don't think that a background check is necessary. To me, that's the least concerning part of this whole story. Yes, it adds after the fact, right? Like homeboy's done this before. Maybe something should have been noted, but I'm still blown away that of how many different, I mean, gate gateways that these guys had to go through and this team, this high school, I use air quotes when I say that, had to go through to get to the point that they were broadcast on ESPN and there and not one single red flag came up. I don't know, yeah. man. Like that seems like a lot of failings on a lot of people's part. I mean, they played Friday night and then played again on Sunday. And they're trying to say, well, not everyone played both, but how is the high school scheduling two games? <laughs> we can- you can't do. I mean, it's illegal in all 50 states, I'd imagine, to play high school. I mean, there's so many restrictions. Oh, yeah. I, well, yeah, if you I, go I, to complex.com, there's a story about it where the kids, some kid named Aaron Boyd, who said he was one of the first recruits to this um, program. Like you said, Hannah, it used to be COF. Now it's the, you know, Bishop Sycamore, this fake name. And he says that they were put in like just a bunch of kids and then some older guys were put in these hotel rooms. The hotel rooms were being paid. They were moved to this house, sleeping on the floor. They never went to school and they had lied to his parents, showing them plans of this school that was being built it was never built and then they were having to go steal like you said steal food to eat to eat eat. just to eat yeah again I I think that's you know the story on its surface it's funny we all laugh about it but Hannah exactly like yeah it's sad is that these are really at-risk kids and they're just Mm -hmm. trying to do better and they you know they think this is this great opportunity and to me, that's the real tragedy with this is that these kids just got completely screwed over. And like completely like sucked into this scam. Yeah. So. I mean, they, they were- lost years of high school and they had to go back and start over without, you know, they missed those years of development and, and education. And right. that's, uh, yeah. I'm glad it's exposed now before more kids get hurt like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely true. But the 30 year olds coming back to play that, I don't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Okay, moving on. That was a great rapid fire. Let's make our picks for the weekend. We have, there's a few games. We'll just grab a few that we know. It's a big college football weekend. There's a couple games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even Monday. Quickly, Friday night, North Carolina, Mac Brown. He is going to Virginia Tech. They are a five-and-a-half point favorite. Matt, and the Tar Heels ticket by at least a touchdown. I'm going to go 28-21. I like it. I, I, I have the exact same feeling. Uh, like you said, Hannah, the fighting Mac Browns. I love that. Mac Browns, baby. <laughs> and and I, I'd say, let me get, I'll, I'll take 10 points just so I'm not agreeing exactly with Hannah. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think Tar Heels by 10. All right. I agree. North Carolina, they're coming in number 10 team in the country. Virginia Tech is awful. I think they roll at least two touchdowns. All right. You're Michigan State. 
your mighty fighting Michigan State um, Spartans, right? They are are picked to lose at Northwestern by a field goal. So I guess it's an even match to give a field goal at home to Northwestern. Predictions? That checks out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, I, I love my Sparties. I do. Like I said, mom first was the first woman in the Michigan State band there. So I, I got some deep love for Michigan State. But uh, back to your point, Rocky, until you prove that you can, I'm going to say that you can't. So I think that's fair. I think Michigan State gets beat by at least a touchdown. It's sad that it's against Northwestern and, you know, yeah, it's not exactly like. The- Northwestern is better than people give them credit for. But they have good years. But just like Michigan State's the more storied program, and you just kind of look at that matchup and go, "Oh, okay." The program's you know. in disarray, and and until you prove to me that you've got your shit together, that you're got it, might as well. So I'll agree with you because I don't, I clearly don't know just a whole lot about either program. So, <laughs> all right, I like Northwestern to cover. All right, moving on. Um, Fresno State, even though they just beat UConn forty-five to nothing, they are twenty-point underdogs at number eleven Oregon. Does Oregon cover 20 points at home to Fresno State? I say yes. I think Oregon covers. Um, I think they've got a lot of momentum going up there, especially with all the legal bag men now. Yeah, that's going to be a hard program to stop. So, yeah, I take Oregon. I say they cover. Yeah, I think Oregon is on par to be the the Pac-12 winner this year. So, or at least really consider it or make a good run for it. So, yeah, I, I would agree. I think they if they don't cover, they'll come close. I pick Fresno State to lose, but cover. Okay. 20.5. All right. Alabama, number one, Alabama versus number 14, Miami, neutral Atlanta. They're playing it at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. At Alabama is about a 19.5, 20-point favorite against Miami. I know Miami's kind of hot right now, but, like, they're not Bama hot and they still have a lot of question marks. Like they could be like the, the team that everybody thought would do really well and end up just falling to the wayside this year. There's just too much uncertainty around Miami this so far. So I, I think that checks out. Bama covers. They win easily. I don't care if it's in a neutral field. It don't matter. It's Bama. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, I got to say, I think Bama, I, again, I have Bama in the, in the natty. Um, I definitely think it's going to be a good game, but I think it's, we're going to see a game where, uh, Bama's breaking in that new quarterback. Things are a little bit closer than Bama wants it. And then fourth quarter Bama rolls. Um, I'm going to say they don't cover spread, but they still win with a, with, they win comfortably. All right. Good call. So this is a quality loss, quality loss for Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. Duh. Moving on, big game number five, Georgia against at neutral well neutral side at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte against number three Clemson. Right now, Clemson is a field goal fav- field goal favorite. I'm going to pick Clemson to win and cover. Oof. I've got Georgia. I think uh, I think Georgia's got a strong strong team this year. Um, again, I've got the. Did they get a new of- coach? against yeah right oh sorry they want to be in this game they want to be in this game oh they want to be here oh okay yeah they want to be here so um again I've until the they don't until they don't I, I've got the winner of Georgia Clemson in the finals again or uh so yeah I I'm gonna take Georgia um, okay I think they show up strong so definitely beat the spread and take the win I kind of would my wouldn't mind seeing Georgia win either um you know, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence is gone. So they're filling a lot of holes, although they're deep and they've got the talent. Yeah, I think, I just, I don't know. My gut tells me that Georgia's come, come in ready to roll and ready to prove themselves, especially in that SEC East position and want to play for the conference title. And then Megan, like you said, the national title. So we'll see. I'd All say right. Georgia. couple more. Number 16. How is LSU ranked number 16 when they stank it up last year? We know why. We know then, why. Okay, so UCLA just whooped Hawaii 44-10, and now they're coming in. They are underdogs to LSU. Another big win that gets no love. So LSU is favored by three over UCLA. Tough call. You know what? I'm going to take UCLA on this one. Uh, I think they show up. I think they got a fire under them. And as the Aggies can attest to, no lead is safe against UCLA. Yeah, I think that UCLA comes in. Close game. UCLA takes it by three. I like UCLA's offense. Yeah. 
I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not on the LSU bandwagon. I don't, I'm not convinced that they're cool back, whatever that means to them. And then, you know, but then you look at the UCLA game versus Hawaii and it's not like they like faced anybody that was quote, tough or whatever. So, I mean, that's not a very good metric to measure what this weekend's going to be like, but I think UCLA is okay. I don't know that they're, yeah, you said that the spread was three, a field goal. I think that's right. accurate, and it could really go either way. So it's it's. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go UCLA yeah. too, just to be fun, just to be like okay, whatever. All right, last game. Notre Dame is a seven and a half point favorite over at Florida State on Sunday night. That's a tough seven one. And a half point favorite. Seven I and a half. That's all. I think Notre Dame takes it, but I don't think they beat the spread. That's a cl- that. Uh, probably stupid of me to do, but yeah, I don't think they beat the spread, but Notre Dame. Florida State's not great. Like, oh, and then Notre Dame was a playoff contender. Uh, yeah, I think Notre Dame takes it. I think they barely beat the spread. I think it's, it's literally like a touchdown. I think Notre Dame rolls. They cover big time. All right. They should. We'll see. I mean, Florida State. All right, everybody. That was great. We had so much to talk about. (laughs) It's game week. It's, it's game, game week. week. Have you laid out your outfits for the game on Saturday? Nope. I'm just going to sweat. I'm, I'm, I'm already thinking about it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, but really, I'm just going to be sweaty because I show up at 8 a.m. and I bust my ass for a couple hours getting everything set up. So I ain't going to be cute. Y'all just I'm still trying. I'm still trying to, like, pick out or, or, or decide which outfit would, like, fit ice packs in it <laughs> the best because <laughs> – well, I've laid, I know brutal. I'm going to wear strapless for the tan lines. Can't have tan lines. So I will do, but I don't know what yet. So we'll see. All right, everybody. Great job. Be great. Yay. We'll see you on Saturday, ladies. Thanks. See you Saturday. Yeah, we look forward to seeing everybody on Saturday. So once again, thanks so much for listening, you guys. We, we always appreciate it. We are Fire the Cannon, part of the 1012 Network. I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. I'm, I'm Hannah. Thanks for listening, guys. And we are Fire the Cannon.